This is Old Black Magic and the Millennial. I'm Brian Babylon, Old Black Magic. And I'm Molly Adams, such a millennial. Such a millennial. On this week's episode of the podcast, we are talking about the week. Your first week under Trump's presidency, but really about his first week as the president. Yeah, you have to say like this. You have to be like, the first week of this huge reign of my power. No, I don't want to <laughs> say it like that. It's going to be huge. So we're going to be running through the week, Friday to Friday, inauguration day to the day that we are living in. And as we do, mm. let's start off the cast with a little bit of art. This week, instead yeah. of a song, we're going to kind of make it a poem. Well, yeah. Well, these are lyrics that are in poem form, but hopefully one day it will be another hit song like Edelweiss. So you sent me your own beautiful penmanship to read and I, I really appreciate the honor of letting me deliver this poem as far as art goes how artsy does that like sketches of my like words and thoughts how huge does this art look like on a scale of one to ten like one to trump like of hugeness it looks like ario speedwagon Ready? Let's get a little beat going under this, you know, to make it... Thank you! To make it really artistic, really hip house, art time, poem time. Use the glow of the orange skin and win. Orange glow like the sun, melting away cloudy days with sun rays. Empty parades, followed by seas of rage. From coast to coast, Mm. ovaries spoke. Mm. calling on their fellow man to take a stand. But after the parade, what's the plan? Let me begin by analyzing this, by getting us into the week. You were talking about Friday and Saturday, the inauguration, and then the Women's March. Yes. And everybody, whether it's a force of counter-protest or a force of invigoration around how the country is gonna change is definitely using the orange skin to try to win. Everybody's inspired to take action. So at the end of the day, is he inspiring America? (laughs) And at the end of the day, aren't I? Aren't I? So Friday, we could run through all the clown town bullshit of the inauguration, but I think it really comes down to those empty, empty bleachers. I saw a video that someone had just driving down the parade route or route uh, and all those bleachers that were empty. And I went to both Obama inaugurations and I'm not trying to compare Obama to Trump because Obama is more popular than Donald Trump, even though Donald Trump doesn't believe that. But even for W, it was a bigger, W had a bigger crowd in his second term. Yeah, sad times. And, you know, six days later, he's still talking about it. As a former substitute teacher, he almost reminds me of like a kid with a learning disability. And I'm not even, I'm not even trying to do comedy right now. I'm dead serious. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Ask me. I feel like people are trying to make him 
into some kind of mastermind. But is he a moron? Yes. Definitively. A hundred percent a moron. And you and you say that as a Ronald Reagan eagle riding. W W loving Ronald Reagan eagle patriot. Uh, I'm a black Republican who never forgot the good old days. And um, this is this is embarrassing because it's to, to the point. Remember, everyone was always say how George W. Bush was an idiot and this and that. George W. Bush looks like Einstein compared to Donald Trump. And, I, and I'm being dead serious. Wow. Like Einstein. So since we're kind of focusing on the policies that have been enacted over this past week, before the inauguration, um, his budget intentions were leaked. And it basically is targeting, his budget cuts are targeting like every single quote unquote, progressive cause. So it's good we began the show with a bit of artwork because you're only getting artwork from podcasts from now on. Yeah, from random uh, people who are in their closet <laughs> with uh, clothing as they record podcasts. Don't don't expect to, the NPRs or the or the MoMAs or the LACMAs to save the day because they're going to be closed. Yeah, his his office would like to reduce spending by ten and a half trillion dollars in 10 years. And um, while they've approved a 15 billion dollar project to build a wall, we'll get to that. Mm -hmm. Instead, they are proposing to eliminate the national endowments for the arts and humanities to privatize the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. And this is a stuff and like eliminating violence against women resources. And this is stuff that's mostly been written by the Heritage Foundation, which is a conservative and pretty anti-immigrant think tank, which has been filling in the sounds like hundreds of White House staff positions that they've been unable to fill. Now, when you say unable to fill, like no one wants to work there. Yeah. Like people are there's like bipartisan employees in government, you know, people who are appointed, who have these jobs in all branches of the government that they've had for years. Um, so it's either people don't want to work there. They can't find people with governmental knowledge. And try, by trying to pull from the private sector, you're asking people to take pretty big pay cuts to come work in the White House. The White House don't pay good? No. I mean, it pays okay, actually. Like, having a federal job for a lot of people is, like, pretty good. But he's trying to hire people from the sectors where you make a lot of money. Dummy. So, he, Time Magazine analyzes this, and they say cutting, like, the 17 arts and humanities programs that he's proposing, that amounts to $22.36 per year per American. What does that even mean? So what they're saying is these humanities programs are such a small amount of the budget. Like, it's clearly just targeting what, you know, quote unquote, liberals like, even though I think everybody likes art. If he did something that would affect wealthy people, like cutting housing subsidies, mortgage interest deductions, you know, for people who own multiple properties, that would save a little less than $300 a year per American. So this is going to be a theme of the next four years, that the math will not add up to, quote unquote, saving money at all. Because he's, yeah, stupid. 
So on Saturday, let's go to the Women's March real quick. Who was there, Brian? Who populated this Women's March? Who populated the Women's March? Uh, white women. Big time. Big time. Big time. And my, my biggest critique of that is if you ever needed an example of white privilege, look at that Women's March. Because even though I'm not, I will say this, as the blackest thing on this podcast, I've never really, I understand Black Lives Matter, but I wish they would do a different approach. And I get it. But Black Lives Matter protesters, or if someone gets shot by a cop and people who protest that, the cops will come out and crack skulls. But of course, the cops aren't going to hit any white women in the head with a billy club. Yeah, there were a number of arrests, a couple dozen arrests on Friday, but in D.C. on Saturday, there were no arrests. And I would agree with you. What it shows was a completely different style of policing. They didn't show up in riot gear with their kettles yeah. ready to go, with flashbangs ready to go. Or, yeah, or blast shields or billy clubs and all that kind of stuff. So if if you ever were curious, white ladies, uh, if there's a such thing as white privilege or do you benefit from white privilege, look at yourself and look at that parade. Uh, there was an arrest here in, in Maine, though, where I live, Brian. In, okay. what? In, oh, gosh. Yeah, up in the Capitol. This is like so classic Maine, actually. I was like, yes. Uh, there was what a happened? woman. Uh, there was a woman charged with assaulting an officer because. A white woman? A white woman. Well, Maine, yeah. Yeah. Uh, because there was a huge swell of people at the Capitol, over 10,000 people, and people started like climbing trees and climbing property. And you'll were like they hugging the trees or climbing them. They were climbing them, but you got to hug a tree a little bit to climb to up. Climb it, yeah. yeah. So okay. here in Maine, it is not against the law for a woman to be topless. You can have your tits out in Maine whenever you want. Can I say something? Yeah. That's the most hunky shit I've ever heard in my life. What? White women love to show some titties. Yeah, they do. It's freedom, Brian. I, it's freedom. I know. I've never, from, from back in the days when I was, you know, I remember I was like, I was in my 30s and and uh, back in the 60s and they were burning bras and just, you know, bras are just, you know, just constraining me. That's It's the, it's the they felt bras were the man's way of putting us down where i'm saying if you got big ass titties that's just support well you know everybody can do what they want with their body i think it's cool because it's not it's it's sexist to me to say that like it's indecent exposure for a woman's shirt to be off but not for a man's shirt to be off and whatever social norms will control that but this is it's it's the fact that it was january 21st and a white lady was standing on a pillar with her shirt off and so an officer reached for her so awkward to try to get her down from this pillar and mm -hmm. another woman came flying out of nowhere and apparently bit that officer while trying to stop him from taking down the topless woman and now she's been charged with assault. Little sidebar where of, but of my you know new that's home. assault, right? Assaulting an officer? Yeah, and if and if, if you do it in Louisiana, it's a hate crime. Ugh, we'll get to that another week. Yeah. I don't even wanna 
Yeah. So, you know, but you you brought up one of the issues in your poem here, you know, after the parade, what's next? What's next for the Women's March? What's next for people who want to see Donald Trump out of office? Well, can you can you can you just say it in the rhyming, how it rhymed? You want me to say your official poem? Well, at the last few sentences, oh, it rhymed yeah, so yeah, yeah. Calling on their fellow man to take a stand. But after the parade, mm-hmm. what's the plan? Mm. Mm, so deep, really deep. And question. if you said that slam poet style, calling, calling on, on your fellow, fellow man, man to take a stand. <laughs> but after the parade, what's the plan? <laughs> so, and that's my main thing. Yeah, and there's a lot of answers to that question. I would say that the official women's march, womensmarch.com, has a pretty whack fucking plan. After their parade, they said that they are going to make up 10 actions in the first 100 days. And the first one is like, get in touch with your lawmakers. Write them a letter about what matters to you. I was like, oh, and see, I'm, let me stop right there. That's that. In my opinion, in my old black magic opinion, that's classic white girls thinking that the world revolves around them, thinking that their words on some paper it's going to change some shit. Now, anybody, anybody thinking about you? Anybody got time for that? Well, I mean, in a way, I was like, OK, that's like a good practice. A lot of people haven't like done activism before and just getting in touch is good. But like it's not about a specific issue. And that's how organizing works is that you pick specific issues and you inundate people with it. Now, there have been a lot of like, I think, better plans. There's a great website, fivecalls.org with the number five. And they have like every day five phone calls. If you want to do this, you can make about a specific action and they give you a script and who to call and that I'm like, okay, that's pointed. That's some really great coding right there. And that makes more sense to me because they say, oh, dickhead Paul Ryan had to like sort of disconnect his phone because his phone was blowing up. Oh, dickhead Paul Ryan. He's like one of the biggest dickheads I've ever seen. Like people that, even though he's in shape, I would get in shape to beat the shit out of him. And I'm not even bullshitting. These, it's like it's like it's a list of people that I want to beat the shit out of. These slimy he's motherfuckers. The These slimy motherfuckers. And, and that's what makes me mad about them all. It's like the flip flop city that they live in. Like, ooh, Donald Trump, he gropes women. I can't look my daughters in the eye. And oh wait, he got the nomination. And you know what? Actually, I'm okay not looking my daughter in the eye. And he had to disconnect his phone versus getting a letter. He just will put that in the garbage. Ugh. Like, that's more action. So before we move on to the rest of the week, Sunday, Monday, let's take a little break here and get some rant pants in. Molly, people who listen to this podcast can feel free to uh, send us your rant pants. Keep it short. A minute, maybe two minutes. And just let loose. Get in there. How you feel? Yeah, putting on your rant pants means that you get to complain about whatever you want for a couple minutes and just really go to town. And our first rant pants model is your frenemy, comedian Lisa Traeger. 
I think what's made me the most mad are the people that are saying, oh, well, let's just wait or give him a shot or what did the march do? Did it even do anything? What are we going to do? Who cares? It's not affecting me. I think those are the comments and the things that piss me off the most or the ones that are trying to bait or like make you feel stupid or shitty for trying to do anything where it's like, well, what's that going to do for you? Or that really made a difference or the people that are like, oh, the march. Well, what about Saudi Arabia? What about women with their clits cut off? And it's like, are you helping with that? Is that something you care about? Are you just throwing that in our face? Like, what is the fucking goal? I'm just sick of people whose goals it is just to get people pissed off and to like demean people that are trying to do something or that have learned and want to get involved. This administration is all business, all money, all anything, and all of our lives are at risk. And so it's even hard to pinpoint one thing when it's like every single thing is going to disrupt our health, our education, everything. I'm worried about young, poor girls or I'm just like nervous for poor people who can't go to the doctor. I'm worried about people with pre-existing conditions. It's like health and humanity. I don't know. It's like, how do you pick a thing? It's like the earth. Oh, and another thing I know, the thing that's like scaring me even more than like all of these horrific laws and the gap, global gag rule and all of that, it's like history is repeating itself quicker than it ever has before. And so it is just so crazy to see like Nazi fascist type like, behavior work again you know it's just like you know the inauguration size just like the news like not trusting the media that they're not using the word lies that like our media and the democrats have let us fucking they let us down like that's what's scary is people on the other side there are people who believe there are three million illegal votes and there are people that believe that like the inauguration photos are false like that's what's scary is like press secretaries lying and no one cares that they're shutting down people's twitters and making <laughs> rules that people can't speak to the press from the government like it's these horrific fucking 1984 giver like dystopian things that are even scarier than all these little rules i don't even like than the laws i don't know it's it's crazy it's crazy and that's why i don't understand the people that don't think it's crazy but one of the things that the march helped me do that i think it's been positive is like i'm done arguing and you can bait me all you want but i will turn around i'm done there's enough people on our side that want to do good change that are scared that like are passionate and i'm going to be focused on them and doing things that are going to help people directly than try to argue with a bunch of dudes i'd rather just focus on making real change than arguing it's like get out of here and i'm more disappointed in our democrats than anything before for not voting no it's like such bullshit. It's such bullshit. Information doesn't matter anymore. Facts, truth, not truth. This motherfucker, he's been planning this for a long time. This motherfucker has been reading Mein Kampf and he's been planning this. And now we're, we didn't take him seriously. I think that's the most shameful thing. And that's why I think people not doing anything bothers me the most because I was one of those people. I'm like directly responsible for the election, you know? I just don't want to look back in 30 years if we're still alive and have to tell people that I sat and did nothing. That's Lisa Traeger. She's a comedian based out of New York City. You can follow her and maybe get into a fight with her on Twitter. Glitter cheese. Yes, that's Glitter cheese. Glitter cheese. So Sunday, let's get into this. Yeah. And also why the hypocrisy of the Republican Party and Republican voters just make me want to roll my eyes so far back that I fall over. Can I just say one more thing about the inauguration and something that makes, you know, I get happy and sad. You know, I know people think Brian Babylon's life is all 
pot smokes and German supermodels. But I, I get sad sometimes, too. And uh, I made a little comment about Baron Trump on the very popular Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me show on NPR. And got so many messages saying I went over the line making fun of uh, Baron Trump when I compared him to one of the kids who was who was in Slytherin. So people were mad that you put him into Slytherin? Yeah, I compared I compared Baron Trump. I said, man, you know what? That little one, that little Trump looks like he could be in Slytherin. Everyone laughed, moved on. And people said I went over the board because I compared him. One lady said, you said he was a monster. I said, bitch, I said he was a Dementor. He just happened to be sorted into a house that that produced yes. a higher number of Death Eaters than the other houses. But there's a lot of good people in Slytherin. And Slytherin. Thank you very much. Yeah, so one picture I saw is a picture that's floating around the internet that I put on Instagram saying I wish it would be my next comedian album, comic album cover, comedy album cover, was there's one picture of him in the, I guess, White House limo just looking out the glass. Ooh. His eyes are the eyes of America right now. I need whatever drugs he's on. That motherfucker is lit. He's stalin'. I'm sorry. Fuck kids. It just like, first oh, of all, he's not going to be hearing any of your jokes or reading any of the Twitter jokes, like getting yeah. offended on somebody else's behalf. Like, I love when it's like, ooh, it's all special snowflakes when it's liberals getting offended on somebody's behalf. But now, yeah. like conservatives getting offended on the behalf of like one of the wealthiest children in America. Ooh. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. I don't. I the way they treated Obama, calling his wife a monkey and shit like that, I don't give a fuck if you're offended. Yeah. And I will say that to anyone's face. That's all I want to say. Moving on. In this first week, Donald Trump has issued twice as many executive orders as Barack Obama did in his first week. Now, Molly, what is an executive order? Like, is this huge? This is what I want to do? Yeah, an this executive order. Some of them are memos. That are just like, this would be my preference. And that's what like Barack Obama has done in the past, their memos. The executive office has like somewhat limited power. And that's what's very, you know, uh, disconcerting or perhaps smart of the White House's of the White House administration's strategy is that they're trying to make it seem like they are all powerful. So their supporters yeah. will just read the headline and say like, oh, well, that's going to happen and move on and be happy with it. So I think of it as like Barack Obama signed an executive order to close Guantanamo Bay his first week in office eight years ago. Did that happen? No. Nope. So a lot of these things people are getting really riled up about and maybe I mean, I think it is necessary to get riled up, but it's unclear whether all of this stuff will necessarily happen. So on Sunday, his second full day in office, he signed an order to start renegotiating NAFTA and pulled us out of the Trans-Pacific Partnership, that trade partnership um, with Pacific countries. I don't know enough to analyze any of that, but I'm just telling you what he did. He is holding true to some of his promises. On Monday, he reinstated the global gag rule, which is a pretty immediate uh, blow to the Women's March on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Do you know what the global gag rule is? 
I don't know. I, th- I thought it was something sexual for the longest, but I guess it's not. <laughs> I think it's also known as like the Mexico City rule. And it was first started by Ronald Reagan, kept through Bush 1, repealed by Clinton, reinstated by Bush 2, repealed by Obama. And it basically pulls funding for any international groups that provide information about abortions, provide contraception, or provide abortions themselves. It affects hundreds of organizations and millions of people. Give me an example. There's a man on the sideline who doesn't even know about abortion talk. Mm-hmm. Give me an example. Bring that home to me. Okay, well, something really small is that we know that AIDS rates in Africa are sky high. There are communities in Africa where 90% of people have AIDS. Everybody got it. Yeah, and one of those communities uh, was actually where a friend of mine lived for a few years in Kenya on Lake Victoria. And Mm -hmm. he had gotten funding to, like, purchase contraceptives. He ran, like, a computer lab and had money to, like, always have free condoms around. And part of the program... Was was this a white man? Yeah, he's a white guy. Oh, see, white people are good. Yeah, and his policy for using the computer lab, which was free, was, like, you have to take some condoms with you when you go. Wait a minute. So, to check my Facebook status, I got to take some rubbers? Yep. Why you, why you in my life, son? Pretty low key. Um, I mean, he okay. didn't like force people to. People would like get rid of them after they left. But like he would know this is a very small example because this is what I know. Like he would no okay. longer have that budget money to do that. Um, and I don't okay. know exactly where his funding came. But, you know, that's that's a kind of example. Um, but what's interesting is that the Netherlands has immediately responded by trying to build an international fund themselves to replace the American funds. Now, also on Monday, a bunch of other things happened because he's just signing away. He did something that people have really talked about this week, has gagged the EPA and the Department of Agriculture. Scientists working within those departments are now no longer able to write press releases communicate with the public in any way, share any sort of data um, with existing data with press that's asking for it. And now they can't release data without White House approval. Wow. Yeah. All mentions of climate change have been scrubbed from the White House website. Okay. Tuesday, staying on the environmental theme. Let me ask you a question. And let me ask you a question. Yeah. And and this is for everyone listening too. Once again, I will say I do not feel Donald Trump. I don't care. He went to a nice school and I, he has good genes and blah, blah, blah. He's not smart enough to do all these things. Who do you think is talking to him? Kellyanne Conway, Steve Bannon, Mike Pence, Paul Ryan, Jared Kushner. Um, the people who donated to his campaign, the evangelical lobby. Um, ExxonMobil. We have ExxonMobil represented at the highest point in our government now. They would really like to see climate change data disappear. Yeah. The oil and gas industry. Because on Tuesday, using a presidential memo similar to what Barack Obama did, he has reopened the possibility 
of not only the Dakota Access Pipeline going through the native land in the Dakotas, but also the possibility yeah. of the Keystone Pipeline extension, which will run through basically the entire middle of the country, an above-ground oil pipeline. The, with the Dakota Access Pipeline, he personally has investments in that company. So even if he totally complied and put his holdings in a blind trust, he would be making money from the construction of these projects. That's some bitch ass shit. Yeah, it is. It's some. Nah, bitch-ass I mean, shit. I, I, I felt I felt real Sam Jackson right there. That's some bitch ass shit. So when's 100 percent? Yeah. Wednesday, buckle up, Buttercup, because this was actually his biggest day yesterday. He officially made the order to start looking into building that wall. He also yeah. threatened removal of federal funds from sanctuary cities, like basically every major city in the country, which offers services to people without asking what their immigration status is. He also mm -hmm. proposed to hire 10,000 more immigration officers within a year. Meanwhile, it's estimated that Veterans Affairs Office is understaffed by 40,000 people. Um, like, well, and, and, these, and these these are people just rolling around trying to stop people from coming into the country. And and the thing is, this is what this is what's how stupid Donald Trump is. A lot of people who are just coming over the border aren't from fucking Mexico. That's what he doesn't know. These people aren't from Mexico. They're from Central America and they go through Mexico. That wall to me is just like a monument to stupidity and gullibility and hypocrisy and like every bullshit flavor that you could put on an ice cream cone. It is so yeah. stupid. It, if it happens, which I highly doubt it will, it will cost more than $15 billion. And it's so crazy to me, your asshat in chief, pa Paul Ryan, being like, oh, yeah, we can find the money for that. But but healthcare, mm -mm, too much, too much to subsidize Medicare. And is there a wall for Canada? Is there a wall for Chinese or Koreans who come in this country and never go back home? Is there a wall for people like his wife, those Europeans, those Russians and all those fucking criminals who come over here? Yeah, or people who come over on like advanced, advanced visas when they're models. Yeah, man. There's no wall for that. I, you know, Fuck him. it's it's so I mean, granted, I will say Medicare is a five hundred billion dollar uh, program. It's not like it's super cheap or anything. No, but it to me is like the exact symbolism of something that is going to be fought over for years. And, and this is this is a thing where he doesn't understand what makes America great is things like Medicare. What makes America great is things that like our expression and freedom to make whatever art we want. Mm -hmm. This is what and this is what those stupid ass hunkies. And this is the point I'm going to rev up the word hunky again to know, really so coin. The type of white person that believes in Donald Trump and in any of this shit is a stupid ass hunky. Uh. Now I'm I'm I and I I feel like if you believe in Hillary Clinton, you're a less stupid hunky. But she didn't win, so I ain't talking about that. Yeah, it's 
it's kind of, I mean, this whole episode's turning into a rant pants, isn't it? It's frustrating. I like got into, I, uh, I love, love, love that video of that Nazi being punched. It just like warms my heart. And as like a- Well, he'll tell you he's not a Nazi, Oh, I'm sorry, I'm not a Nazi. Yeah. Not a Nazi. I'm just a white separatist. And I ended up in an internet fight, like rather than it being about like, where's the use of violence um, in getting your point across? Can you even reason with neo-Nazis? Do you have to use violence? I like ended up debating semantics with two white dudes about whether he was a Nazi or not. And then I'm like, oh, you're upset about him being labeled a neo-Nazi or a white supremacist because you believe the same shit he does. And you don't want to have yourself called that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not even done talking about what he did on Wednesday. He also signed some orders to hopefully restrict refugees from from entering the U.S. from Iraq, Iran, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, Syria, and Yemen. Um... He is advocating for the grand reopening of foreign CIA prisons. Well, that well, that was uh, the black sites. Yeah. He's going to follow the lead on his advisors, but he just wants to assure everybody in America that torture works. Torture really works. So maybe we should continue violating international law and get going with that program again. That was like real silence on both of our parts. Like, <laughs> public this dude is retarded. Just public radio silence. Yeah. Mm. He's also instructing in this same order. It was like one big order about removal of federal funds from sanctuary cities, restricting the refugees, examining quote unquote removable aliens. These are people who hold green cards. He instructed mm-hmm. the Department of Homeland Security to start making a public weekly list of crimes committed by undocumented people. What about from white people? What about poor white people that you're gonna put into a worse situation because of your stupid ass policies when some old stupid ass white person who lives in West Virginia or Pennsylvania and they can't get their medicine so they go rob someone. Are you gonna put that in your report, bitch? So last part to really set you off, Brian. Wednesday, he tweeted that he will be sending the feds into Chicago if the city can't clean up the carnage of the gun crimes. Donable Farrakhan called this out three years ago. I I I know you people don't like him. Your people don't like him, but he says some real shit sometimes. And, and, and my question on that was, what the fuck does that mean? The feds are already in Chicago. They're already there. And, and that's what I don't understand. There's a big ass building, a federal building. You want to hear something about a, a nice little Brian Babylon story about the federal building? You got arrested there? We worked together and I went to go get my passport renewed. I had just flown back from L.A., and I fly with weed all the time. <laughs> like a dumbass. And I had like two containers of like premium weed in my backpack. I finished our radio show, ran to get my passport renewed for my sister's uh, wedding. And I put it through the metal detector and it's got this thirsty ass security guard. Hey man, what's this right here? And I said, oh, come on, man. He pulled it out. And the person who was in charge of the security Steve Abrams, my boy, who you went to high school watching with? the 
No, like he's older than me, but he just, I, you know, it's like church friends. So I've known Steve Abrams all my life. So Steve is like, what's going on? He's like, it's okay. It's going to be okay, man. He's like, hey, how's your mom? How's your sister? So we're talking small talk about my family. And then he puts handcuffs on me. <laughs> I'm like, Steve, what the fuck, man? He's like, I know, man. I know it's going to be okay. I go upstairs. They open the weed, test it to see if it's weed. I'm like, bitch, it's weed. So they left it open in this federal building. It was so loud Got that and loud. so pungent. Got that I had that loud. That it lit up the whole floor where this lady ran into the room. She's like, is someone smoking marijuana in this building? Someone smoking marijuana. <laughs> and the guy was like, no, no, it's it's this. It's, it's just left open. She's like, oh my God. Wow. <laughs> I thought someone had like a joint lit in the hallway just walking around. So I ended up going to court. <clears throat> Excuse me. I ended up going to court and I saw that asshole cop who, uh, not Steve, but there was an actual police officer who actually came and that was his case. And I go to the judge. I'm like, hey, judge, you know, I was here to get my passport renewed. Um, I lied. I said I had a medical marijuana card in L.A. And this is medicinal marijuana. And luckily I had it in the in the containers that was out here that said it was medicinal. So he looked at it, he's like, oh, this is like, oh, this is medical weed, right? He let me go with a $20 fine. Nice. The feds looking out for a nigga. Well, I was going to suggest that the other feds that have actively been in Chicago have been like the DEA and the ATF and the FBI. But they're in, they're in, they're in most major cities. I know, so that doesn't mean so anything. Stupid. What a dummy. And I'm even mad at Mayor Emanuel who's my friend, but like, dude, don't get caught up in his shit saying he needs to send me the money and I can take care of it. No, dude, you can't. No, you cannot you have, take care of it, Rahm Emanuel, because can't. the murders have gotten worse under you because you cl you closed 13 mental health clinics. You've closed 50 yep. public schools. You've done yep. nothing to help build jobs for the South and West Side. And you're just happy yep. to let these open air heroin markets run on because it's not in your neighborhood. Piece of shit. Well, whoa, whoa there. I, I want his brother him. to sign me to his agency, so don't do that. Well, whatever. So on Thursday, uh, the doomsday clock moved two and a half minutes from midnight. This is the clock of nuclear scientists and economists around the world who say midnight is when there will be a nuke all out nuclear war in the world. There was a turtle by the name of Bert. And the entire senior management team at the State Department resigned, and now the chief of the U.S. Border Patrol has resigned. But one nice thing about the nuclear war thing is that there has been bi a bipartisan bill already introduced, written by a senator and a, and a congressman, that will make the president have to get congressional approval for a first strike nuclear attack. Feels nice. Right? Oh, I'm, I, I like that. Yeah. Because, you know, in, Holly, in Hollywood, it's like that suitcase is always right next to you. So lastly, Friday is the March for Life on Washington, the other women's march. 
Now, what what is that? Okay, it's the Women's March for the people who believe in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Wants all the babies to be born. It's for people who believe that all the babies need to be born and have very muddled opinions about people's access to contraception and whether there should be, you know, longer maternity leave in this country or, you know, paid subsidized child care. Mike Pence is going to be speaking at that. Well, I will say this, as far as, you know, the reproductive rights talk, one of my new media enemies, the Rachel Maddow, um, she did say something that was very smart and made me think. And it is disgusting when I saw Donald Trump repeal or, you know, set that executive order to sort of like tell women what to do with their bodies. It was all men doing this. What I would what I would say is Rachel Maddow said what they should do also is put something in a bill where a lot of times when women have abortions is because like, oh, my yeah. God, I'm pregnant. I can't bring a kid into this world because I don't have enough support, enough financial situations. I'm by myself because this dude left me high and dry. Right. So she said she would want it to be a crime for a man to do that. And that makes me think. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then I went back to hating her. But I mean, I say, okay, you got a good point, but I still hate you. <laughs> well, that's that's the week. And I just wanted to end uh, the podcast with, you know, it's been, to me, it's been very stressful and kind of concerning. And I'm trying to calm myself down, mm-hmm. uh, really embrace my privilege really embrace that white guilt um but also figure out you know how how to move forward through this how you move forward and we're not going to even have time to go into my full-blown phd theories on white people and we'll save that for next week because i I have some things to add to it so what i will say how to how to move forward folks is in two years you vote them bitches in congress the fuck out are you thinking of Mitch McConnell? Mitch, get that old fucking turtle skin bitch face. out of there. <laughs> he looks like he looks like you remember Hannibal Lecter was cutting people's skin off and putting it on his face. He is the worst. His wife is now the Secretary of Transportation, and he refused to recuse himself from her hearings because there's no conflict of interest there. And I'm saying if 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 all those people in the streets can't figure out a way to clean house of the Congress and the Senate from these cocksucking sons of bitches. And including Chuck Schumer, people who are saying, oh yeah, we're going to resist, but I'm still going to vote yes on things and compromise left and right. Oh, that's Amy's uncle. Hold on. Oh, oh, sorry. That's my oh, friend's it's, uncle. Oh, it's Amy's uncle. Oh my God. <laughs> well, I could throw her in another bag too. Oh, but wait, that's your friend. But do you understand what I'm saying? Like, if, if I don't want to hear, I said this to you on the phone last week. I don't want to hear shit if at least 20% of Congress is is voted out. 15%. If if I look up in two years and the same motherfuckers are still in office, I don't want to hear shit from you. I don't want to hear. I don't. I don't, don't want to see any more paper mache vaginas at protests or creative ways to talk about the JJs or women's rights or gay rights or Black Lives Matter or any of that bullshit. 
until you do the first thing you have to do is fix the system. Yeah. All right. And that's real. That's all I have to say. Yeah, that's that's enough for this week. And, and we'll definitely be uh, keeping track of Trump, but also moving on a little bit because next week we yeah. do. We have to get into to the to the multiple tiers, the diversity of whiteness out there. Yes. Yes. Brian, Brian is going to present some of his white studies Ph.D. I love how, you know, I love this new show called Outsiders, a Kia-E-I-E. About these hillbillies who live, <laughs> in, I think this town of Pennsylvania. And um, you said, "Oh, Brian just likes those shows because he loves just the different nuances of white people." As I study them, and maybe you're right. Next week, I go into serious, serious details in the layers and the tears of hunkyism, <laughs> and I'm gonna blow your mind. So head to brianandmollypodcast.com to listen to some older episodes. We'll have various bonus contents up there. Yeah. I want to thank mm-hmm. our... And you know what? I'm going to put up I'm gonna put up a lot of our old interviews that we did with a lot of comics. There's a lot of good stuff up there. Yeah. I want to thank our producer, Danny Johnson. We do this Danny. through three different locations, Los Angeles to Maine to Washington, D.C. I want to thank yep. Lisa Traeger again for talking with us. If Glitter you want to get in touch or submit your own rant pants, brianandmollypodcast.com. There's a form on there. Yeah, fill it out, send it to us, and upload. Thank you guys so much. I'm Brian Babylon. I'm Molly Adams. We out. Spread the word, spread the love.